Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast, and I'm your host, Diana Crash. If you've never listened before, and this is your first time, I apologize up front for the lack of entertaining content before the guest interview. However, I made a promise that I would continue to get this content out, um, and that's what I'm doing. I have a lot of really great interviews in the uh, um, in the tank, so to speak. So I need to get these out for you all to listen to because they're all jam-packed with an amazing information, incredible stories, um, unbelievable courage, and just overall reasons to be in this industry. You know, I, I feel like every time I do a guest interview, I am reminded of why I do this. And, um, so basically today I'm just going to, instead of discussing a topic of concern or a hot topic or what, whatever I normally do, um, I'm going to just go over a few things because I think that it's become, well, it hasn't become very clear. It's always clear, but especially right now, it the need is intensified that we as women support each other. Um, and that's why this podcast was created. So in that vein, I'm going to just highlight a few things that um, are on my radar right now that I think are really important and awesome for people to check out. Uh, so here we go. The first thing that I'd like to mention is Mother's Mary Community. Um, this is a Facebook group, but it's also a group that is doing a lot of grassroots activism outside of Facebook. Um, the founders of Mother's Mary have partnered with a cannabis coach to offer a cannabis and pregnancy course. And it's a very detailed course program um, for only $25. You get to learn everything you could possibly want to know about cannabis for pregnancy, breastfeeding and parenting, which is major because as a cannabis mother, I know that there is a lot of misinformation out there. So it helps to have things like this to combat that, um, especially when you're trying to defend your right to use medicine, which is ridiculous that you have to do that, but that's the world we live in. So check out Mother's Mary, and I will put the links in the episode notes, but 
if you don't go looking for that, you can just Google Mother's Mary community and you'll get a website and I think you'll get the link for the Facebook group. Um, and you have to request to join. You might have to answer a few questions, which is what you have to do for the next thing I'm going to suggest, which is another Facebook group um, called Moms Who Elevate. And that's another group that just exists to reduce the stigma associated with cannabis use by moms. So try to get join that if you can. Um, they're both really great sources of support. Switching gears a little bit, going into the non-parenting aspect of things. Um, I came across Grow Sisters, which I'm not a grower. I'm nowhere close to being a grower. Someday I wish that would happen if it ever becomes legal in Maryland. Um, But for those of you who are able to grow, check out thegrowsisters.com and you will find a plethora of educational resources for just for any kind of question that you may have when it comes to growing. Um, They have videos on how to make your own greenhouse, transplanting, how to make compost tea, um, and they have some really great blogs. So check that out because uh, the more of us who can grow our own medicine, the better, right? So the last thing that I'm going to talk about is actually about the next guest, my guest for this episode, Liv Vasquez, who is an amazing pioneer in this industry for many reasons. Um, Her wealth of knowledge surrounding cannabis-infused cuisine will just blow your mind. But she also recently won a case against a former employer um, in the cannabis industry, And I wrote about it uh, for High Times. It's a two-part series, and I I definitely recommend checking it out because we didn't really get to discuss this topic so much in the interview. And it's about how Time's Up is in is coming to the cannabis industry. It's here. It's it's something we need to talk about. There are many cases of sexual harassment and misconduct and assault in the community there has been since the beginning of uh time really but um we need to discuss it and we need to we need to you know talk about our experiences and elevate the people who are being abused um because you know this industry isn't special in that sense we're not um we're not immune to the me too movement or the time's up movement and I think that, you know, even if the conversation is uncomfortable, we have to have it in order to grow. So get it? Grow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, that's pretty much it for me. So until next time, stay high and beautiful. So Liv, what led to your career as a cannabis chef? Well, I've been a chef for over 20 years and Um, I've used cannabis about as long, so the two really went hand in hand, but I kind of put a pause to my chef career to dive deep into the cannabis industry and work in cannabis pretty full time uh, for a couple of years, about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I'd always cooked with cannabis, but around four to five years ago is when I really started because we had legality. I was able to look into the benefits and actually take on case studies of people with different ailments and help them on a plant medicine journey. So um, it was just a different type of um, infusions and considerations after that. Awesome. Um, and so how has cooking with cannabis um, been different in your experience than what you learned in culinary school? Um, well, working in cannabis is working in mental health, right. you know, so it's it's very different from working in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be way more empathetic. And when you're feeding people, for me, I'm not just cooking food and putting it in front of people. Right. I am using food as an educational tool. So when I'm doing that, I'm putting a plate down in front of people and telling them about the different compounds of the plants in front of them, but also asking them to share over breaking bread their trauma, either their mental or physical traumas that they've experienced that have brought them to using cannabis and using plant medicine and taking their health into their own hands. It's not a place that I can really stomp around. I need to tread lightly because I'm creating space for people to talk about their trauma and food just happens to be there. So I have to really take a lot more into consideration and be way more empathetic and really be open to different abilities and different backgrounds and make room at the table for them, which you don't have time um, or the space to consider that stuff just in a regular restaurant. Right. And you have a lot of experience in in that regard, opening restaurants. And um, so you really understand the difference more. So I think that a lot of people in your position, uh, I I mean, maybe I'm making a broad statement, but that's what it seems like to me. (laughs) No, I I definitely (laughs) feel that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like you don't see that a lot. Yeah. And I, it's almost hard for me now to get put into the category of cannabis chef because what I'm doing is activism. It's working with people on their health matters. It is helping people with regimens. It's telling them what their body is doing and what their body is needing. It's like being mm-hmm. a pharmacist mixed with serving them food and welcoming them into a home or coming into their home. So mm-hmm. it's so much more personal than just where are we going to go for dinner on Saturday night on our date night? It's it's mm-hmm. so much more than that. And right. I do see a lot of chefs who are just trying to jam cannabinoids in anywhere they can and present it as a chef. I'm mm-hmm. presenting these things as a healer. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say you're, so you're a healer healing through food, which is a, a really relatively yes. new concept, yes. but not, not really. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about some yeah, of the, like the oldest concepts and then the newest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, why are we still making this a new thing? Like why? But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> that'll never end. Um, and so yeah. let's talk about some of the events that you do, because like you said, yours are very personal um, and and you have some pop ups that, that you do, which I think is really cool. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what are some of the pop up events you've hosted? Um, so I travel the country hosting pop-ups and because you can't consume because of the clean air act and different, um, 
laws in different counties, much less different states. You can't consume in a public space. There's one cafe that's open in West Hollywood, the Lowell Cafe, and that's because West Hollywood is its own municipality um, and they move things very quickly. But other than that, there aren't really consumption spaces that are open. So we have to go into residences because that's the law most places, if it's legal, where you are or decriminalized, you can consume in a residence. So I go into places that count as a residence and turn them into a restaurant for a night so I can present cannabis and food that grows local to them, but that's also ethical so that they have a different concept of what they should be looking for in their food and their plant medicine and how they should be treating it. So if people, um, like I'll go to Napa and in Napa, I understand that region. So it, it takes quite a bit of marketing on my side, also marketing understanding because in Napa, what do they understand? They understand wine. So I did a pop-up that compared wine and cannabis and the varietals of the tannins and terpenes of cannabis and wines that grow close to each other because you're talking about the terroir, the soil, and the elements around what's growing there. So when you present those things together in a meal, it makes a lot more sense. Um, and then I did a pop-up in New York, and New York shuts down four times a year for fashion. New York understands fashion. So I brought ethical CBD to New York and presented it like fashion in a showroom in front of fashion-related press mm -hmm. and showed off some of the best ethical cannabis and hemp um, makers that Oregon has to offer like they are fashion. Wow. So I go into a market and say what's around them or where they should be sourcing things from on an ethical standpoint and a quality standpoint and present it however that market or region would understand it best. That's amazing. I really like that. I mean, there's so much planning <laughs> that goes into what you do. I don't think people realize. So much. Beyond just planning the event. <laughs> yeah. It you months, if not longer, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about my guests before I meet them for months. I'm thinking about what they're going to be listening to, hearing, tasting, touching. My background is experiential dining. I helped open almost all of Universal Studios, City Walk, and Islands of Adventure, all the restaurants. And that's from Bob Marley to, um, you know, Dr. Seuss's hot dog stand. Wow. That was kind of everything. So when you're walking up or sitting down at Emeril Lagasse's restaurant, Bob Marley's restaurant, Jimmy Buffett's restaurant, what do you need? You've spent your whole life savings to get there. You've been in 110 degrees all day with screaming kids. What do you need to satiate every sense as a sensory experience for that to be worth it? And learning that early on in my, when I was 18, 19, doing rapid fire restaurant openings like that, I now understand when I go into a space, I, I won't even see a space sometimes, like the rooftop in LA, I asked them how many plugs they had so I could make a kitchen. <laughs> I was like, do you have five electric outlets? Like, okay. So, but I knew the time of the sunset. So my guests would be showing up right as the sun was setting and they were enveloped in pink. I knew what music would be playing as they sat down. I knew what they'd be tasting, what would be in the air mm -hmm. around them and who they would be sitting next to and having a conversation with. And with that event in particular, I was going off of Mara Gordon's research, which was that we absorb differently according to age, not mm -hmm. height or weight. So everyone at that dinner was within five years age of each other. So their absorption rate was the same, 
but also the conversation they were having over the table with strangers was easier because they were all within five years of each other in age. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's really like a lot of work to make something just kind of go that well. Um, (laughs) Speaking of a lot of work, but also an amazing experience. um, Let's talk about your partnership with Bushel. Um, You have the dinner party in a box. Um, Go ahead and tell us some more about it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to try it myself. Yes. So Bushel, um, Bushel and I, I've known Josh from Bushel for a while. Um, We've just kind of been friends in this space and sharing information on who's ethical. And you do kind of have to be like, in alignment with people because you are sharing like, dude, did you hear about this lab or did you hear about this thing that's happening? So you're all up to date. And Josh and I were both on the same page with the ethics and quality. Just every Mm -hmm. time we got together, we were talking about uh, different elements of like the industry and on the cannabis and CBD side. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, partnering with Josh seemed very aligned. So I started doing, um, some brand curating for Bushel, which I was bringing on um, brands that I think are ethical, that I've done some background work on, that I'm asking about how people are treated in the fields and what labs they're using and all of the things from every person who touches the product to make sure that they're ethical. And Josh and I both were just like, we need to kind of put these things all in one place So I had the idea of doing a box, which is just a curated box of some of our favorite things that are already vetted. And then it gives people a way of trying different things without committing right away. Like maybe I don't know if I'm going to like a tincture every day. Maybe Mm -hmm. I would like a honey instead because I have tea every morning and it works into my life better. But now I have all these samples. So I wanted to create a box that was a bunch of samples. But if you have those samples, and you want to use them as a dinner party, you can. So it comes with a recipe book that I've designed and was shot by the amazing photographer, Alex Nobody. Mm -hmm. And um, we put together a booklet of five different recipes where you can take all of the single serving packets in that box and create a CBD dinner party for you and your friends. Or you can take those servings and use them and see what you like as like a trial and use the recipes and create a dinner party. It's unmedicated for your friends. Um, So it's a great way to try new products and try new products in a dish as, as opposed to just a tincture in the morning. It kind of gives you a little bit more motivation to try those products in new ways. Mm -hmm. And it's putting them in dishes that are plant-based vegetarian dishes that are easier to uh, absorb and digest. And um, it'll help you get the benefits of those cannabinoids, but in a really tasty vessel. And an accessible Um, one too, I think. Yeah, so it can come right to your door. I get a lot of people who live in states that don't have cannabis legal and only have access to CBD, or maybe they live somewhere that they want to try some of this stuff, but they don't know how to work it into their daily life. So this way they can have a Libby Smalls event delivered right to their door and throw a party for their friends. And it's a great way to share that space with your people in your community. You know, like you would probably have a lot of people around you who are curious about CBD mm-hmm. or who want to try it. And then this way it takes a lot of that stigma away from it because it's a, just a dinner right. party. You're just having yeah. a more chill dinner party. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such an awesome way to introduce it to people. Um, like, I really love yeah. what I'm eating. I'm feeling really good. Like, oh, guess what it is? No, I'm kidding. 
Don't don't sneak it. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't sneak it. Back. Like I'm so yeah. relaxed. <laughs> I mean, maybe I might want to do that with my in-laws once, but you know, I I don't recommend it all the way across the board. <laughs> yeah, I feel like CBD is the the gateway right? drug. It, really, it's like topicals. I feel like mm-hmm. are the first first one in years. It is. It's so true. I feel like people um, they're like, Ugh. and then you go, well, this could help your pain, and you just put it on like like you know any other rub and oh all right fine I'll try that and the next thing you know it's like well what else yeah. is that <laughs> uh, exactly yeah. it's always that it's like well I do feel a little bit better yeah. and then you know and then I do have older clients like my events a lot of people bring their moms and their grandmas like and they're people who have a lot of questions mm-hmm. so they feel like they have a pretty space to answer ask these questions and get them answered with a little bit of knowledge that relates to them. And I feel like so many times they're asking questions for the people in their community because they tried a topical and then a tincture and that really helped them. And now they're gardening and they're back in their routine and they want to share that with their friends and they don't really know the best approach and they don't feel like they have enough information. So I feel like this is a way for them to kind of open the door with that conversation And I mean, around the holidays, if you're having an all adult like Friendsgiving or holiday celebration to be like, we made some CBD treats as courses in this, it makes it really easy to do that too. Yeah. Um, So in that vein, what is your favorite infused dish to cook? I really switch it up so much because I do plant-based and most people, I feel like infusing foods with cannabis is like a hard sell but then when you're like it's vegan or vegetarian mm-hmm. it's like an even harder sell. right yeah <laughs> like really tough sometimes so I always try to switch it up and have the textures there I I always joke that like everything that you eat of mine I'm trying to think of like a crunch wrap supreme like when you're <laughs> high like you need the textures you need a salty a fatty so I do mix up a lot of the flavors and even regional foods to make things feel homey to a lot of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So um, I like making things that are crunchy and fluffy and have a lot of spice to them, but also have things that are going to give you that sense memory of like happy childhood memories or holiday memories. I do a lot of things with spices. So um, I really like mixing things like um, Middle Eastern spices Mm -hmm. with a lot of different vegetable textures. Like um, I like to mix like cherries into a savory like phyllo dough baklava that's plant-based. So it's like you, you don't really miss the meat because there's salty, flaky, crunchy, fatty, sweet. It's all of those layers of texture and flavor that really kind of puts you in a different state of, of feeling comfortable. Sure. Um, so it's comfort food on a different kind of level because I guess plant-based comfort food would be where I really try to stay in that right. lane and yeah. shine. But, but yeah, it's a mix. I think the people <laughs> that do that are like the best chefs ever. I, I, I've always watched chef cooking, <laughs> you know, cooking shows and, you know, chef competitions and things here and there on TV. And they're always making fun of the vegan chefs, but it takes so much more, in my opinion, work to create something yeah. amazing. It's so much more science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's way more right. science. You're really thinking yeah. about everything. And I think that's what you should be doing when you cook. Um, you know, I, that's, Definitely. that's awesome. Um, so 
Well, I also used to infuse like I my first brunch ever that I did one of these like high noon brunches. I made an amazing infused duck fat pop tart with this apple sage curd mm-hmm. on the inside. It was incredible. But afterwards, I was thinking about infused duck fat. When you think about like trappers, yeah. people in Alaska, they're eating duck fat because it's a long, slow burning mm-hmm. fat. And after my brunch, it kind of was like I slapped myself in the forehead and was like, oh, these people could be hot, depending on their mm-hmm. digestion, could be high for yeah. two days if it's a slow burning yeah. fat. So that's when I really made a hard turn into plant-based because it makes cannabinoids more bioavailable and it's easier to digest that's for more awesome. people. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so switching gears a little bit, what is the biggest hurdle you've faced since entering the professional cannabis industry? I mean, I know you you faced a lot, but uh, what would you like to talk about? <laughs> a lot. Um, I mean, I think that there's a there. It's kind of hand in hand. There are a couple of different things. It's funding, of course, and getting funding for what I do can be really tough because people in the market. I mean, cannabis consumers don't believe that they can get something as beautiful as my events. So when I show them my events, they're like, "Nah, that's not for mm-hmm. me. No." No, that's for somebody else. So it can be kind of a hard sell. And then people who are, you know, sponsors, normally we would have um, cannabis brand sponsors, but so many of these brands are really struggling financially. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough to get or even ask these people that, you know, have all of their money tied up in harvest or in their crops to like try to give you money for a party um, that'll better their brand, but it, it can be a hard sell all the way around sure. sometimes. So funding can really be mm-hmm. tough. And then space, finding spaces to actually host these types of events because they have to be in what counts as a residence. So I feel like right. like a yeah. vampire, like, can I come to your house? He's <laughs> like knocking on the door, please can I come to yeah. your house and throw yeah. a weed party? I swear it'll be nice. Like so so I think for me those those two things, you know, like in the early days of trying to get spaces mm-hmm. as I was traveling, I tried to partner with Airbnb and Airbnb compared me to a prostitute. Oh no. And I, and I was like, I, I, I appreciate sex right. workers <laughs> and what they're doing, but this is so, yeah. so opposite of me trying to just list myself as a cannabis right. chef as experiences on yeah. your website. It's very yeah. different. So, so um, I think that just finding space and pe- proving to people that um, a quote unquote weed party can look very different in a lot of different iterations. Right. So um, for me, it's been having to prove myself over and over again in different markets of like, I should be here to show how it can be prettier mm-hmm. and I can really make this all informative and beautiful. If you give me the space and a little bit of money to yeah, do it. Absolutely. I mean, you're doing incredible things, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like that stuff. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to be really resilient. That's for damn so sure. So much rejection, right? I mean, it's like you, you can't yeah. get too of yourself ever <laughs> in this business. I feel. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you got to get real used to standing up and dusting yep. yourself off over and over again, and pivoting. Like the law changes in different counties and different states right. every day. So how I can work and where I can work changes Mm -hmm, minute mm -hmm. to minute sometimes. 
So it's it's very challenging as one person in multiple markets under the embrace right. umbrella of United States. <laughs> like no. they're not very united on this subject in particular. So how I move is is really has to be so calculated. Right. And and that involves like the cooperation of other people, just other than you hosting an event in their home, right? Sometimes you have to deal with farms and, yes. and vendors and well you have to deal with vendors all the time, but I mean that's a lot. To, to deal with. <laughs> I mean, I love throwing an event, but yeah. So um, do you have any advice for women who want to become cannabis chefs, like who are already in the so-called normal <laughs> mainstream culinary worlds who want to switch over? Um, I would say that it's definitely a tough transition. Mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend do what I did. I know that it seems time consuming, but Go work in a dispensary, work in the industry, listen to people. This is an anecdotal research space. Mm -hmm. There's no degree for what, for working in this industry. There is no piece of paper that's going to get anyone ahead of anyone else as it is now. So it really gives us a lot of room to move, but knowledge that changes minute to minute is going to be a challenge. So just pause and take the time to go work. I mean, I was working in a dispensary, but I was working with doctors who specialize in PTSD mm-hmm. and cancer who were recommending patients to me. And I luckily live in Oregon where you can talk about the benefits of cannabis with recreational customers. You can't do that in Washington. Right. You can't do that in a lot Colorado. Of yeah. So, <laughs> y- yeah. So if you can work on the medical side, like we rely on anecdotes. So you need kind of an arsenal of anecdotes mm-hmm. to come into this space and know how people are digesting and absorbing at different rates with different ailments. Right. You can't just jam cannabinoids into a dish and feed it to everyone. Mm-hmm. A sugary brownie for someone with IBS is going to be counter intuitive to them. So you have to really consider who's eating the dish. And as a chef, you're just used to considering the dish only. So you have to change your whole mindset. And I think that taking the time to work on the medical side and get those anecdotes will help you change that mindset to who's on the other side of the plate. Absolutely. And that's a bigger part of it than just what's on the plate. Yeah, for sure. That's really great advice. Um, (laughs) you're like I know Um, (laughs) so I know you have so much going on um, but do you have anything specific that you'd like to promote or call to action for listeners yes Uh, I mean always I'm traveling and doing events and people can hire me if they want if they miss one of my events Mm -hmm. or if they want a private uh, catering or private event I do these pop-ups all over so I can do them in your home I have a couple clients who I work with privately um, who I love working with and I just fly into their town and throw parties for their big celebrations, like 50th awesome. birthdays and holidays and stuff like that. So, um, and for private, uh, counseling and, and stuff as well, I do, um, brand coaching. If people are starting a brand and want some advice and help with coaching their brand into a better space to be more ethical or more effective. Um, and all of that can be found on my website, LivySmalls.com or my mm-hmm. Instagram at LivySmalls. And my call to action is for people to please vote locally for people who care about plant medicine and your health, not just dealers, but healers. We want right. people who are actually going to 
be there who are considering you as a patient and as a consumer um, and make sure that the cannabis and CBD that you're using is ethical. There are a lot of brands that are out there that are unethical. I actually just posted in my stories, the Willamette Week had posted a CBD company that had locked, I think, 45 people in a room to make tinctures and were like basically slave trading these people. And it's like, just because it's CBD doesn't mean that it's coming from a healing person or a healing source. And if they are willing to do that to people, who knows what they're putting in it? So um, really look into the ethics of the brands that you're consuming. I mean, one purchase is 75 bucks. Usually that's quite a bit of money to give Mm -hmm. to people who you want to make sure deserve your money. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why, again, like if you're, if you're not sure how to look into that stuff, go to bushelcbd.com and all of the brands on there are people that we have real relationships with. We know who gets the money and where it's going. And we believe in those people. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And I mean, but otherwise feel empowered to ask questions. If Mm -hmm. you don't want to shop there, if you want to find out for yourself, just email people. It's mostly small businesses who don't get to brag about the hard work they're doing to be ethical. So ask them about it. And if they're dodgy, then maybe move on to a different source. Right, exactly. That's what I always say. Like, what if they're acting weird about it, just move on, you know? It's like there yeah. shouldn't be a weirdness. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, I, I'm sure you you definitely talk to a lot of people in this industry. And that if they are, you know, a three-man operation who's doing day and night to make sure that it's ethical, right, and that they're donating to charities because they don't get to write that stuff off right. and they're just doing that stuff to be nice. Mm-hmm. They will want to talk about oh, it. Yeah. And those are the people who I want to have my money if they were just baking pies, right. much less making plant medicine, you know? So, so just ask questions and they're usually excited to tell you like, Oh my gosh, I did spend a yeah. lot of money to make sure that our soil was tested. Right. Like I'm glad you're yeah. asking. Good so, point. so ask the questions and try to feel empowered. This is, we're coming from prohibition. So a lot of people don't no. feel empowered to ask the, the people who are giving them the plant medicine questions, but now we can. So, so do feel that empowered to ask who's benefiting from your purchase. Awesome. I love that. That is really good advice. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for spending your time yeah. with us today and sharing your infinite knowledge. Oh, thanks. Uh, please come back anytime. Yes, please. I'm so glad that, um, that to be on and that um, we get to chat and, and great to be on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. That's Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.